Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. The global COVID-19 pandemic has disrupted the grieving process for many across Canada. With gatherings being limited to 10 and under in most provinces, people are choosing to either postpone funerals or stream them online. Today's guest is Libby Siebold. She is the funeral director at Sobering Funeral Chapel. She'll talk to us today about the changes that are happening in her line of work and how funeral homes are helping those who are grieving get through this difficult time. That's today on Connections. Today's guest is Libby Siebold. She is the funeral director at Sobering Funeral Chapel. And today we're discussing how COVID-19 has affected funerals, not only here in Manitoba, but across the country. So can you tell us a little bit, Libby, about what Sobering Funeral Chapel is doing during this COVID-19 pandemic? Oh, sure. Well, in our funeral home, you know, we're just amazed at, at how things have so quickly changed with uh, social distancing. Uh, we're limiting funerals. Um, we're spacing people. Thank goodness we have a huge chapel. We seat 450. But the problem is it's it's so limiting for people. We're finding most people want to postpone their funerals because they want to have their friends and family. They don't want to limit the crowd. Do you know what I mean? Um, we are offering, um, you know, face, what is it, the FaceTime or the Facebook Live and video streaming, but our experience has been the last you know, a dozen or so families have said no, they'd rather postpone because they they want their their friends and family to be there. They want to share the experience and have a hug and want that human experience um, of being with their loved ones, with their community to say goodbye. They, you know, the generation that we typically deal with, they, they don't know what FaceTime is. They don't know what video streaming is. They want to have their loved ones with them, and we're just postponing everything. When it comes to a body burial, uh, like a, you know, what we call a traditional service, we are having people, you know, where we can meet at the graveside, we can respect social distance, we can bury the casket, have the committal and commendation with the pastor, and then we're putting things on hold. It's what we're doing. Um, we're in our funeral home, we're wiping down all surfaces constantly, we're offering clients new pens. We're offering to make um, arrangements during FaceTime or video chat if need be. Um, yeah, it, it's a scary time for people. Libby, can you tell us a little bit about what it's like planning a funeral uh, during this pandemic? Um, well, most of them still do want a funeral. Um, you know, and, and I think the hard part for a lot of people is, you know, the grieving process is just that. It's a process. So a lot of these people aren't really getting that completion or able to really quite move to the next chapter without a funeral. So one of the things we're advising people is to just go be with those that you can socially distance and be with and, you know, perhaps talk about your loved one, light a candle, say a prayer together um, until they can have a community funeral. Um, You know what I mean? Yeah, how... You know, and and what I worry about is a lot of times time kind of cures things and that sort of an analogy we've been using is like in a lot of ways when they come back to have the funeral, yes, it will be like ripping off the Band-Aid in a sense, but then at the same time, then they can really heal and move to the next chapter once they do have those funerals. So we will be sort of, you know, doing backup funerals, unfortunately. You know, like I like personally, I really thought Facebook Live would be a hit. Do you know what I mean? 
But I had one gentleman last week say, no, this is my wife. Like, we need to do this proper. I'm not going to do some rinky-dink. Like, I, I, I need my community. I need her friends there to support me. I need to have a hug from them. I need to have a cup of coffee and a sandwich with them. Like, I, I'm not, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it proper. And that's sort of the just we've been getting from everybody. I know we have an in-house family now that, um, you know, with the Catholic Church, of course, the Catholic Church is closed. We're going to do a burial of the of the person, and then we'll come back when we can all meet in their church because that's what they need for their for their goodbye. They, you know, it's really awful what's going on. So I just hope everybody can do their social distancing so we can get back to, you know, our you know, proper funerals like we had before. For those who have to make this tough decision right now, what is some advice that you have for them? My advice would be to, um, yeah, honestly, from my heart, I would say, you know, just be with your family, those that you can be with, and and, and just, you know, pray um, and share memories about your loved one together. You know, what what is it you want to share uh, like, let's, you know, have maybe a dinner devoted to grandma or grandpa or whomever, dad or mom who's passed away, and let's cook their favorite meal, let's bring out a photo of them, let's go, let's break out grandma's cookies, recipes, and, and, and you know, bake them, even if you can't share them exactly with every one of your families, but those that you live under the same roof with. Maybe get on FaceTime with those within your own immediate family and say, hey, you know, Grandma said this to me once. Hey, I'm making Grandma's pierogies so that you can all sort of, you know, what was Grandma's favorite Bible passage? Let's read that. Let's talk about, you know, what it was like for Grandma to grow up in a time where, you know, she probably, you know, sewed her own clothes or, you know, whatever it was from the the eras gone by. Um, And I think that helps people remember um like don't don't try to suppress it you know um feel your feelings let it out it's okay to cry and these are sort of high anxious times anyways but i I think it's you gotta let it out you gotta cry you gotta say goodbye uh within yourself uh with your immediate family if you can and for those alone who are self-isolating and not able to get out I'd, i'd encourage you to reach out on the phone and phone your family and and talk about it. Um, You know, I know a lot of people are alone in their homes, but and we've moved to be such a a texting Facebook world that I think, you know, just picking up the phone and phoning that cousin who would have come to the funeral and say, hey, you know what, I really need to talk about my mom. I really need to talk about this. Or, hey, can you share some memories with me? That would be my advice. And, of course, to, you know, to find comfort in prayer. People are grieving alone now, and there's no more physical contact. Due to physical distancing, do you think that something like that is going to harm people later on and how they feel, or do you think that this is something that we can postpone? You know, and, and that's something, you know, I I think with grief, it's not necessarily or fairly a linear thing. Um, it's not like, oh, you know, we've all heard of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, the five stages of grief. Um you know, very accurate, but they don't happen necessarily. Oh, now I'm angry. Now I'm in denial. Now I'm depressed. They're cyclical. They come back upon themselves. I think, you know, if we're going to say, I'm hoping this ends in a month or two and we can have funerals, let's say it's May, you know, 
saying goodbye is saying goodbye whether you're doing it the day after a passing, whether you're doing it even three years after a passing. I know many people will hear a favorite song and they'll be brought to tears even five years later. So it's hard to say. I'm not a psychologist, but one thing I know the grief process is not necessarily linear. And what I mean by that is it's just... It's so multifaceted that it's hard to say. Libby, what is some advice that you have for people that are dealing with having to plan a funeral during the pandemic? You know what? Um, My only words of comfort word, you know, I mean, like I'm just, you know, a simple undertaker, really. But I know just some prayers like the 23rd Psalm, like the Lord is my shepherd, brings me a lot of comfort. Um, You know, my only comfort would be to share memories, even if it's over the phone, reach out in other ways. We're so used to, you know, perhaps social isolating anyways, but I would, you know, break out of your comfort zone and and phone your brother, phone your sister, phone your cousin, phone your best friend. You you know, maybe have an, you know, a prayer group online. Um, And I think there's nothing like that heart-to-heart prayer with God and yourself that, you know, I, I know that brings me comfort, and I know a lot of our clients, it brings them comfort. It's just settling down and saying some prayers. Well, now, this, like we said, is a tough topic, it's something that not a lot of people like to discuss, but it really needs to be talked about, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, you know, it's so awful, and these are such anxious times for people, you know, and for a lot of people, they've been by a deathbed for weeks and months, and a lot of them are just... This just compounds it because the whole world is amped up, you know. Um, and we're, we're social creatures, right? And I often joke as being an undertaker, I, I bring the dead to where they need to be and I bring the living where they need to be. And right now we're not really able to bring the living to where they need to be. You know, that sort of betwixt and between, you know, you move from a grieving mourning state to, okay, we have a funeral the next chapter you know what i mean life as a as a widow life as an orphan you know but you kind of come through it with a community and i've really yeah realized that the facetime really doesn't cut it so when all of this is over do you think Mm -hmm. it'll affect the way that people look at funerals um uh, yes and no you know i mean and it's such a you know that sort of I, i don't mean to you know you know, I think people value still value funerals, and I think they'll probably value them even more because they they, they miss that community connection. You know, that connection to honor someone's life is is not able to really happen. You know, I mean, yeah, and and I guess you know what we're finding, like I said, is you know we can still have gatherings up to fifty, and we can space people out, but. Like the one gentleman said to me, he's like, I'd rather just do it proper and not limit who can come to my wife's funeral. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's like, you know what I mean? And every day it's changing so fast. I just had a lady come in. Um, her, we, her mom's funeral was Monday and people were still hugging. People were still sitting close. And she's like, I'm so glad we, we got in under the wire. And it's like, it's yeah, things have changed that fast. You know, it's I don't know what you guys are going through there, but... Even church gatherings, you know, like I, my, my pastor said, oh, he phoned me this week. He wanted to know what the protocol around the, the deceased were. And I told him, and he's like, well, church is still on Sunday. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then, you know, a day later it's canceled, you know. So, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And when people, you know, 
can't gather, you know, like think of how good you feel when you go to church. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You know, in, a, in some respects, that's what a funeral is supposed to do for a grieving family in a community. It's like this life mattered. Um, let's remember, let's feel joy that they're living with Christ now. We can't do that, you know, because a lot of the, you know, it's yes to celebrate a life and remember them, but it's also to remember that, you know, they're they're with the Lord, and that's a celebration, and they can't have that. How is this affecting your business and the work that you guys are doing? From the embalmer handling the body's point of view, like we talked about the ceremonial point of view, but there's, um, you know, I'm I'm hoping that we don't see any COVID cases through our funeral home, but we are taking extra precautions with all the, the dearly departed who are coming through here, treating everybody like they do have it, just for our own health and safety. And we have, you know, personal protective equipment and that, but... You know, it's just, oh my gosh. How do you yeah. deal with that then? Um, well, some of the things that we do is we have very powerful disinfectants. So um, we treat all deceased, you know, just through the nose, the mouth. Um, we place cloths over the deceased's face so that there can't be any, um, you know, a transmission of virus. We use gloves. We have Tyvex. Uh, we have face shields that we use although they're in short supply for funeral directors because we're not considered medical professionals, so we haven't been able to access medical supplies. So we're just sort of, thank goodness we do have a bit here, but we don't have, if there was a real outbreak like Italy, we would be in a lot of trouble, uh, the funeral the funeral association and the embalmers of Manitoba, because, again, we're not considered essential uh, medical personnel, so we don't have access to the masks and you know, other protective equipment that we could normally buy. So that's very unfortunate and very dangerous for our families and our workers. You're seeing quite a few changes in your business and quite a few things are frightening for you. In Manitoba, it's the only province where, you know, I've worked in British Columbia, I've worked in the United States, where I go pick up somebody who's passed away. And and remember that we're 24 hours and we're going into the hospital situations that we're not given what the cause of death is, and it's the only province that doesn't do it, so it puts us in an extra dangerous position. Um, They don't inform funeral directors what someone passed away from. So we are having to treat everybody and use equipment that we perhaps, you know, you know, otherwise would say for a real COVID case. So we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're, I don't know. You know, I, I understand frontline workers are very important, nurses, doctors, absolutely, but Unfortunately, the funeral homes, um, you know, because we are private businesses, um, we don't, yeah, we don't get the same access, unfortunately. Do you see any changes coming in the near future in regards to that? Yeah, because, I mean, it's a, it could be a very big portal of transmission if we're, if we're not, and, you know, there could be a lot of, you know, unfortunate cases within funeral homes if, you know, we're not able to get access to masks and, and that, like, our funeral home, we do have we do have masks and we have personal protective equipment, but we wouldn't have like I think everybody's in a shortage, so so I don't want to be poor poor us, but it is definitely an issue. As we close, what are some last words that you'd like to say to our listeners? And I just hope it's everybody social distances so that we can all be healthy and come out the other side and um, be safe and healthy. Yes, let's practice that physical distancing and self isolation and stay home so that. 
this can eventually come to an end. Thanks so much for joining us today, Libby. Remember, if you want to listen to the full conversation, you can always do that by visiting your radio station's website. We'll talk to you again on Connections.